Good morning, everyone. So I'm Rick. I'm one of the ministers here. And uh, before I get started into anything, uh, I, I, I guess I owe an apology or I need to repent or something. I got called out by some ladies last week for showing a picture or video of my wife when she was very tired while we were over in India. And they said, don't, so if you were here last week, they're like, don't you think with, that we skipped right over that? You showing a picture of your very tired wife, shame on you. And you didn't show any pictures of you in any of your Indian garb. So just for those of you who called me out. Okay, that's enough. You can uh, go back to the title slide. Just please. Uh, just, uh, I have a beautiful wife. Go back to the title. As soon as you can take that off, Lori. Thank you. God bless you. Hey, wasn't this morning's worship fun? It was so much fun. To the Gator Boys, they, by the way, they lead worship at another church here in our area. And I really enjoyed what they, what they brought in singing some of these hymns that I love. If my father, you know, would have been here, he would have had, I mean, he probably would have embarrassed himself and me. You know, my dad had no rhythm and could not sing on tune to save his life. But he would have enjoyed that. Shannon uh, was here at the nine when we had our, our worship at the nine. And she was just raising her hand. She was going off. And I went back and I said, does this remind you of your father? She said, oh, yeah. And so Shannon lost her father and mother this past year. I lost my father. And it's amazing how in our message today, we're going to walk. I, I want us to walk today into a prison cell. And we're going we're gonna to talk to Paul. And he's very reflective today. Um, and, and he knows the end of his life is just right around the corner. And... Usually when you go to visit someone in the hospital, you go to encourage them. If you go to visit someone in prison, you go to encourage them. And that's going to be our approach. We're going to go there to encourage Paul today, but we're going to walk away being the ones encouraged. So there, for those of you who know Pam Heron, uh, I got a message this morning from Matt. And as we talked on the phone, her mother uh, is close to probably today. Uh, maybe her last day, and they ask for your prayers. So for those of you who know Matt and Pam Heron, if you'll just pray for their family. I see Nicole sitting over here in the passing of your husband just not too long ago. And, and there may be others of you who are just really reflective as you just sit and think about your own humanity and, and how short life is. Maybe some of this music and I'll Fly Away reminds you that there are more people that we know and love in heaven than, uh, you know, and the older I get, you know, the more I long for heaven because so many people are there. And, uh, and I eagerly await that. And so, as today we go, you can open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. We're only going to sit in Ephesians chapter 3 today. And, and what I want us to know is we have this theme verse that in chapter 5 verse 2, Paul asked us to live a life that's just full of love. He's like, I just, I, I want you to make sure that everything in your life, every day, you're living it full of love. 
And just follow the example of Jesus, the way he loved us. And just study that, read it, get to know it. See how he had so much patience, so long-suffering, so kind, you know, with us. So, you know, just, he just loved us so much. And, and live a life like that. Because one day you're going to be at the end of it. And you don't want to have any regrets. And the people that you say you love the most, and the people who know you the best... They're going to want to remember you with kindness. Uh, uh, Nicole, I hope you, you, you don't mind, but when you, we were sharing it with, with uh, your husband, you know, as he, uh, y'all would go shopping. You said when we were young, you know, or all, all the time, we would just go shopping, grocery shopping together. And he wanted to go grocery shopping, and so he would, you know, just be, pu- I guess you were pushing the cart. And then, uh, and y'all would be shopping together. You would look around and you're like, he's nowhere to be found. But you knew exactly where he would be. Where would he be? He would be in the greeting card department. She said, I knew I could always find him and he would not walk out of that place without buying me two or three cards. She said, every time we went out, she said, I never hungered for love. I always knew how much he loved me. He was always giving me cards all the time and then at the end I remember when you were just sharing with the rest of us and she just called out all the husbands who were there when we were celebrating you know Matt's life and she was like she was like I need you husbands you need to love your wives like Mac loved me because they cook for you they clean for you they make sure that everything in your house is fresh and every now and then you need to stop and tell them how much you love them right so so you're welcome (laughs) One day, people will be standing around and they'll be praising God for your life. And their mind will be flooded with all of the events. And your life is all going to be brought together in a few statements. What will be said? And so, will you go with me today? Will you, will you go with me? Let's just visit Paul in prison. Now, Paul, at the beginning of chapter 3, in verse 1, he says, when I think about all of this, I mean, we're going to sit down with Paul, and they're going to have to make a lot of room. And in fact, Lori, let's go to, I have a couple of pictures of this prison cell where Paul is. If you can go to those. So here's the first one. This is a prison. This is where Paul is. He's in Rome. And one unique thing, Paul and Peter may have both been in this prison at the same time. We don't really know. We know Peter was in this prison when Nero executed him. And if you remember, historians say that Peter was crucified upside down because he he didn't feel worthy to be crucified like his Lord was. So they crucified him upside down, but he was held in this prison until then. And shortly after, Paul was killed. And so they may have been here together. Uh, we, we, we really don't know. But, but they had this upward room, and I don't know if you can see it in the picture, but right beneath the stairs, there's a round hole, and they would lower the prisoners down through that hole. Here's a picture of the real and you can see the hole up there, and they would lower them down into this little dungeon-like cell, and it wasn't very big, and there were a lot of prisoners in there. There was no sewage, 
so you can imagine what it smelled like. There was, there, it, was, it was damp, cold rocks. They just had to sit there. They were cold. It was dark. It didn't smell pleasant. And there were several prisoners. They were not treated well. This was just one step above death. And as we enter into this place and we listen to all the other prisoners who know that their life is about to end and they have regrets and some of them are angry. And so all of the sights and sounds that you can imagine, that's what we're walking into. And so there's another, this is the other pit. So you can see it's not really big. You can see the hole in their floor where they would have one place, you know, to go as their bodies are continuing to function. And this is where Paul is sitting. And so today we're walking in there and we want to say, Paul, we just want to encourage you today. Thank you for everything that you've done for us. And before we can even get any more out, Paul is like, oh, guys, when I think about my life. And he says it. So the way that we have it recorded in our Bible is he just says it in chapter 3, verse 1, when I think when I think about all of this. And then it's said again in verse 14. And by the time you get to verse 14, he says what he really wants to say. And when we get there, I just want to tell you, it's one of my favorite prayers in all of the Bible. And Paul is just going to pray over you. So I want you to know that today, Paul is just going to pray over you and pray a message into you. And, and he has this message that's in his head. And, and he's got to get it out, much like your song, Robert. Thank you. Is that the first time you've played your song live? So he wrote the, you don't mind me, t- I, he wrote the song, and I know there's a story behind that song. And I don't really know exactly what it is, but I love the fact that he said, this is just a journey song. And when I think back about where I was the day that God really rescued me, and, and then I loved the line in your song, I'm, I am a sinner but at least now I'm not wandering alone, right? Because there's somebody that has partnered with you for the journey home. And so Paul has something that's going on in his mind. And, and so he says it in verse 1, and then he says it again in verse 14. Okay, when I think about all this. And, and he lets his mind wander between verses 2 and 13. And so, and he gets back to it in verse 14. It's almost like me saying, hey, I, I want to tell you a story, but before I do, let me share with you this. That's what Ephesians chapter 3 is all about. And, and even though Paul continues to write in chapter 4 and verse 5, something happened to him. And I don't want to pretend like I know what was going on in Paul's mind, but I know his writings well enough that I know something happened in that prison that day. Something had to have made him just self-reflective. And, and, and maybe it's the other people who were there. Maybe something, maybe someone else passed away in that. I don't know what happened. I just know that in this chapter, Paul is thinking about his life. And he's just reminiscing. And he's looking at the way it's ending. And maybe he had a very different ending in his mind. Maybe he thought, it's, it, my life is going to go in a very different direction. But this is just where he finds himself. And so he says, when I think about all of this, okay, what were you thinking about, Paul? Well, we got to back up to chapter 2, and this is what he was talking about. Together, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. 
And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. And we are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. And through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. It's just a sentence in our Bible. But for Paul, that last sentence is what put him in prison. There was a Jewish council that was very much against any Gentiles being invited into the kingdom of God. And Paul knows it. He's imprisoned for it. They just crucified Peter for it. And you can read Peter's story in chapter 10 of the book of Acts when he was in one location and God came to him with this vision and he ended up going and meeting Cornelius and, and Peter was wrestling with it. God, Cornelius is a Gentile. And God is like, I am opening up the kingdom of God to this vast group of people who right now live with no hope. And Paul today would say, I'm talking about you. Those of you who were not born in the Jewish community, who did not grow up in Judaism, you, there was a time when you had no hope of eternal life. But all that changed. And so he's saying, you know, this, man, when I just think about how God brought us all together, the fact that you're even visiting me today in prison, this is amazing. Do you understand how amazing this is? And it's like he's just thinking about it and reflecting. And he's like, I'm so glad God chose me. And so in chapter 3, he says, when I think about all this, and then he gets sidetracked. Now, first of all, I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And so if you're filling in your, the blanks and the outline that's in the pew rack in front of you, what Paul was like, Paul was a prisoner of of. Jesus Christ. And, and he's not saying, hey, I'm a prisoner to Caesar or I'm a prisoner in Rome. He's like, I, I, didn't do, I didn't do anything wrong by way of the law. I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ because that's just the way this landed. He gave me a very special task. And point two in the outline is Paul was given a holy assignment. And and as you're reading it in verse 5, he's like, he didn't give this to anybody else. God didn't open this up to previous generations. Abraham didn't know about this. Isaac, Jacob, they didn't know about this. Moses didn't know about it. Elijah, Elisha, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, none of the great prophets of old had this message. Everything they said was to that Jewish community. He didn't even give it to all of the apostles. He chose me. He chose me to open up heaven to everybody in the world. And he chose Peter. And both of us have found ourselves in this prison. And it's like the world doesn't want to hear it. There was a time just... If you can, if just so you can grab the national emotion when a man stood up and said, I have a dream and ended up losing his life over that dream. And it, and it shook and continues to shake a whole nation who are trying to figure out 
when will we ever get that right? And Paul is like, I'm shaking up this whole spiritual community. And it was a holy assignment. And he's like, yeah, I know I'm here, and I know I'm a prisoner, and thanks for coming to visit me. But I'm pretty lucky. I'm blessed. God chose me, and he gave me this holy assignment, and he gave me this special message. It's not just the assignment, but what I got to share with people is, is amazing. And this verse of Scripture uh, in verse 8 says, Though I'm the least deserving of all God's people, He graciously gave me the privilege of telling you about the endless treasures available to you in Christ Jesus. It's like I got to witness people who had no hope have hope. People who thought their life was over now see real life is just going to begin. People who thought they weren't invited, you're not in the club, you weren't born in the right place, you didn't live in the right place, you don't, you don't have, you are invited into the kingdom of God. And all these prisoners who are sitting around with Paul and now us in this little prison, they're all listening because they know, I don't have hope of heaven, I don't have a future, and I'm guilty of what I did. But man, is there room? Do you think there's room in God's kingdom for people like me? Do you think there's room in God's kingdom for people like you? And, it, and as you sit here today with Paul in this prison cell, does your mind go back to all the things that you have said and done? To all the reasons why you know you don't deserve to go to heaven? All the secrets that you still have? all the regrets that you live with, all of the stuff that makes you believe you're not worthy for what God is trying to offer you. So as we're just sitting there with Paul, he's like, I, I know I'm a prisoner, but man, God, he gave me a purpose. He gave me an assignment. He gave me a message. And now God's revealing what this special purpose is. And, 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 and what God wanted was for all the world to be unified, as diverse as it is. Look at this verse of Scripture, verse 10. God's purpose in all of this was to use the church for you. Paul is like, it, God just did, he didn't give this just to me. But when you leave my prison cell today, you need to know that God expects you to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. There's, there's a whole war going on between good and evil, between right and wrong, between those included and those not included. And God is setting you in the middle of that war. And he wants you to follow my message and reach out to the people 
who feel like they deserve it the least. He's like, I know when you leave today, you would really love to go back to your home and to your comfortable life and, and to your job. And you just want to be left alone and eat chicken enchiladas. And... <laughs> but there's a hurting world around you. Do you see them? There's a world of people who are going to bed hungry every night. Do you hear their voices? Do you listen to their cries? Are people unified in your city, yes or no? And, and if they're not, then what God is placing on you is that he expects to display his church in this holy war of bringing a wide variety, all of these people who never felt like they were included and bringing them to heaven with you. And if you'll accept that task, what did it do to me? Man, I, I used to be, I stood up in front of my graduating class valedictorian. The government hired me to go persecute and kill those of you who call yourself Christians. I was given the ultimate assignment. I was number one most important in the nation, in my class, in my tribe, in Jerusalem, in all of Jerusalem. I stood perfect and had a beautiful future until I said, hey, do you think we should invite Gentiles in and they're like what a waste of education I can't believe we put all of this work into you just for you to go invite people who we don't like and Paul's like I'm giving up my life to run after the people that most people in church try to avoid. Will you join me? If you do, people may ostracize you. They may marginalize you. You may find yourself sitting alone, wounded, about to die, But I, I have no regrets. And so he's now putting it on us. And he's like, if you will accept this task, if you'll accept this mission, if you want to fulfill what God is doing, then come and join me. And I have a prayer for you. When I think of all this, when I think of what it costs me, but my time is now at hand. I'm about to die. And I'm so grateful I get to die for spreading this wonderful message of inclusion. But now you are going to carry this burden. And Paul's like, I hurt for you. 
And so he says, when I think of all this, I fall on my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long, how high and how deep His love is. And it's not just understanding. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. And then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And that's his prayer. Paul is like, I need you to lean in and I need you to know do you, do, you, do you really know how much God loves you? Do you know what it cost him so that you could be saved? Do you have inside you this desire to go find anybody else that feels marginalized, uninvited, unwelcome, unwanted, not worthy? And will you bring them along So that they too can experience the rich love of God. And so I just have a few questions for you today. I just wrote down these questions and I'm just thinking. And and I'll just make this personal to me. Number one, am I overwhelmed in the love of God? I mean, do I find myself just overwhelmed at how much God loves me? And, And is that love compelling me to go do something for him? Number two, have you discovered God's holy purpose for your life? Do do you know what the one thing is God wants you to do with your one wild and precious life? And and are you sold out to that? Or Or are we caught up in just, I'm just making it through Monday and then Tuesday and then Wednesday and waiting for the weekend? Have you received God's unlimited power through his Holy Spirit? He's like, it's available. Have you taken hold of that yet? Is your life complete in the fullness of power that comes from God? Do you feel like your life is complete? Has God's perfect work been done in you? And there may, you may be sitting here today thinking, man, I don't, I mean, I know God loves me, but I'm not overwhelmed by it. I don't know what God's purpose for my life is. No, I haven't received God's unlimited power through his Holy Spirit. I don't even know if I can articulate what that is. Is your life complete in the fullness of power that comes from God? I don't know that my life is complete in anything, much less the power that comes from God. Well, then this message is for you. 
This message to you is an invitation. God is waiting on you. He's knocking at the door of your heart. He's wanting you to draw in so close to him that you know exactly what it is he wants you to do with your life. So I'm going to ask you, who do you know that needs more of the love of God? Who do you know? God's like Paul's like, God sent me directly to these people who knew that they had no hope without him. So I'm just going to ask you, can you come up with two or three names of people who you know need the love of God in their life? And there's a pen and there's some paper. Just write their names down. And walk, and, and walk out pursuing the message of the love of God to those people. And let's just see where it leads us. Let's see what God does. There's, I'm just going to tell you, there's nothing more important in your life that you could do than leading someone into a new relationship with Jesus Christ. How many of you, just, just I, don't, I, mean, I don't mean to embarrass you, but I just want to know, how many of you have led someone to the Lord before that you just, someone was on one path and you just shared the gospel with them, you invited them to church and you saw them become a Christian? Just raise your hand if you've been a part of that process. Okay, for those of you who've been a part of that process, is there anything better than that? Than watching somebody go, I can't believe it. I'm so excited. I feel so new. I feel so fresh. Listen, uh, I would love to do this again in a year and ask, how many of you have led at least one person to the Lord? Raise your hand. And I would love for everyone in here to be able to raise your hand. If you, you want to know the real love of God, this power, this, I, Rick, I don't know enough. I don't know that I know enough Bible to lead somebody. This is what you say. Hey, you want to go to church with me? And then let God do the work. Let him just, just let him, just watch him work and just see what he will do. But now you have a holy task, a holy mission. And in Paul, it's like before he concludes, he wants to give you, I just called it Paul's doxology. It's like his, the end, it's the end of the song. It's the end of worship. It's that time when, you know, let's, let me just conclude with this. And so Paul says, now all glory to God. He knows we're about to leave his prison cell. He knows we're about to, to go home. And so it's almost like he's just like, now, All glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Some of your Bibles say ask or imagine. God is waiting to do more than you know what to do with, more than you can ask for, more than you can even imagine. God's waiting to do more inside you, more in your life. He's got more in store for you. And he's like, I just want to release God to do more for you. May you do more than we might ask or think. And glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Anyone want more of God? More of his peace? More of his understanding? More of his forgiveness? More of his love? More of his grace? more of his patience, more of his spirit, then today's message is for you. In your pew racks, you also have these little cards. And those little cards serve, they're multi-purpose cards. 
A lot of people just write prayer requests on the back. If there's any prayer request that you have that we can be praying for, just get that card and just write it out. If it's confidential, you can write on there anonymous. You don't have to put your name on it. You can if you'd like. Or just say, just keep this confidential, and we will. It could be a card where you're like, I want to take the next step. I want to draw in closer to God. I want to do that. As I visit Paul today, and he's like, man, my life is almost over, but I have no regrets. I'm about to give my life for Jesus Christ. And you need to know, you are a part of the kingdom of God because Paul made a decision to run after you. And he's like, man, I want you to make a decision. Before God calls you home, lead somebody else. Leave behind the love of God in the life of somebody else's heart and chase after them. And I especially want you run into those who are marginalized, to those who don't feel like anybody in church wants them there. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Invite them and bring them. And God will share with you His love. And may you know... His love reaches all the way to heaven. It's so high. And it's as wide as the east is from the west as far as He separates your sin. And it's as long as your complete journey home. And it's as deep as God's love can go in building you up into a new man and a new woman.